Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, host of the Night Stalker podcast. We are in season four, episode 350 on the nose. I'd like to wish everybody a uh, Merry Christmas. I am up here in New England. It is now 18.02 hours. Uh, it is about 13 degrees. Uh, I'm sitting at my desk with a hot cup of coffee and the wood-burning stove is going and I'm actually starting to sweat. So let's talk about what's what's new in society today. Um, <clears throat> for most of us, uh, we've heard of the Minnesota uh, shooting at the uh, Mall of America, uh, 19-year-old uh, shot and killed by uh, <clears throat> a minimum of five, five people, juveniles, two adults three juveniles. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, five have been arrested. We don't know if that's the complete... Um, we don't know if that's all of them yet. Um, <clears throat> I was listening to a few articles earlier this week uh, by uh, Bloomington Police Chief uh, Booker, uh, Booker Hodge. Um, you know... The chief has the right idea. You know, we as a society have become so tolerant with injustice and the, as a matter of fact, attitude of everyday shootings, it's, it's really as a society we are deplorable. Um, as I have mentioned in the past, unless it's a uh, um, a police suspect shooting, a white black shooting, um, <clears throat> most of these shootings go, or a mass casualty shootings, most of these shootings go go on without anyone even knowing. <clears throat> if you think about it. When was the last time you really heard, on, on social media anyway, uh, the number of uh, young individuals that have been killed in gangland shootings? You really haven't. <clears throat> and the really odd thing about that is We have a lot of people on the bandwagons preaching about the minority shootings. But in light of that, the majority of the gang gang shootings are minority on minority. And <clears throat> I find it a little, well, I don't find it confusing because media uses this to, you know, maintain listeners, uh, special groups <clears throat> use it to promote their beliefs on how they think life and society should be, which, and I'll be pretty well honest with you, they're pretty much full of shit, um, you know, uh, 
and we will get into this actually in a, a later um, uh, a later p- a podcast and um, <clears throat> I'm sure it will offend a lot of people but um, I was fortunate to have gotten a chance to listen to an older 1995 interview with uh, uh, Emmanuel uh, McNeil uh, and his thoughts on uh, racism and uh, all this type of stuff and, and we'll discuss that down the road because a lot of it actually made sense. Uh, you have to remember Mr. McNeil was a, uh, at the time was a black male in his early 40s. Uh, I think his uh, perception of a lot of things were pretty uh, on spot, you know. And um, I'm sure a lot of people didn't uh, aren't going to appreciate what he says, but everything he has to say is actually researched and they hit a valid point. But <clears throat> let's talk about the shooting here. You know, and uh, this actually happened in a uh, Nordstrom uh, store, and it's Christmas season, a lot of people are out there shopping for you who have been out in the malls and are not Amazon shopping. Uh, I actually do a lot of my shopping on Amazon, but I happened to go to a mall yesterday, and uh, it was unbelievable. You would think they were giving free, uh, free money away. But with that being said, so we have one individual, 19-year-old, he is shot and killed. Now, for most of you who have some type of understanding of um, firearms, you know that you got to count for all the other shots fired. You know, that leads the possibility of other fatalities, other injuries. Um, a bystander said that they had their jacket grazed by a bullet. Um, the response by the... Uh, uh, apparently, this is what happened, right? These gang members, you, you know what? These people are just like... You know, they, they ought to... They, yeah, there's just no way to way to put it, but you, you, know, you know what? They ought to just put them on a big fucking island... You know, about a thousand miles away from anything, with no no resources to make anything that can float, and just leave them there and let them all just perish, and you know, save the world a lot of money and a lot of uh, problems. Uh, at some point between these two groups, there was a uh, a verbal escalation, which uh, uh, eventually led into a physical confrontation, and someone pulled out a gun and shot the victim multiple times. The incident lasted about 30 seconds, which is about general, you know, general time for a shooting. Um, at the time, thankfully, there were police officers stationed at the, uh, the mall. Uh, the shooting happened at about 1950 hours. The officers arrived on scene, found the victim. Uh, they had they tried uh, life-saving measures, but were unable to revive them, unfortunately. Um, there was a lockdown, uh, which is which is common. This has been really the only uh, 
incident since the mall, I mean, a fatal incident since the mall opened in 92. Um, they have, the mall itself had been testing a, uh, a weapon detention system at uh, one of the entrances. I'm not sure exactly what that is, um, or what type it was, <clears throat> but uh, they were attempting to do that. Uh, unfortunately, you know, <clears throat> in a case like this, you have a 19-year-old, you know, who is just out at the mall. You know, so you get into a verbal conversation, you know. And what really gets me too is, and, and I'm going to throw some stuff in along the, along the trail here, not to make it too long, but you're going to you're going to find out, you know, why the, these younger people today uh, are not like even my generation, the older generation, they are, um, they're cowards. Um, they don't know how to fist fight. Uh, all they know are guns. All they know is violence. Only they, they only know violence when there's, you know, 10 or 15 of them standing behind each other. They're, they're not men enough to actually fight a real fight. Uh, because it's like this. Here's my, here's my thought, you know. If you need 15 people behind you, even two, one more person than you, you, you know you already lost the fight. You're going to get your ass whooped. You just go home. Uh, you know, uh, and they, they, just, they just can't handle the fact. Everything's disrespectful. Honestly, none of these people in any of these gangs are little gun-toting punks. They don't deserve respect. They're punks. The only thing you, re you think you're bad, the only reason you think you're bad is because you have a gun. You can't fight your way out of a freaking uh, wet paper bag. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, <clears throat> again, you, uh, you get a, into a fist fight, and somebody pulls a gun and has to shoot and kill somebody. And you know what gets me is these little thugsters, as dumb as they are, and they are dumb, don't think that the video cameras aren't going to catch you. You don't think there's people in the malls or out in the street that know who you are? And they're going to rat your ass out. So, all of these five so far have been uh, charged with uh, negligent homicide. And once they determine the who the actual shooter is, honestly, uh, they shouldn't reduce the charges on the other four. You know, <clears throat> this is a time now in society where we as citizens of this country have to allow the police to restore public safety. So we don't have to worry about this. And you're going to say, well, you know, nothing's going to prevent this. Well, the fact is that's, that's actually an incorrect statement. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> you see, <clears throat> in today's society, and this is the politicians, and you all know I don't like politicians because I think they're, um, they're just, they're, they're, academically they're flawed, uh, common sense they're flawed, how society works they're flawed, 
Uh, they just have no grip of what's going on. They only know what they know because some other idiot is telling them. And usually that 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 is a 20, a 20 to 30-year-old who hasn't lived enough life to actually know what's going on themselves. And these are the researchers for these people. Um, <clears throat> but here, let me let me break down the, the some of the academics of this. And, and this is going to be a kind of a broad spectrum, but... <clears throat> A lot of people don't realize the um, formula which goes into gangs, shootings, all of this stuff, right? One, people that are gang members, for the most part, a large percentage of them, are not very well educated. <clears throat> now, okay, if, that w if we were a country where 10 out of every 100 we're offered opportunities for education. All right, maybe I'll buy that, but we're not. Every person in this country, juvenile in this country, depending on whatever age they are, what color they are, what religion they are, are afforded educational rights. Now, if they do not choose to take advantage of that, that is not society's fault. If the parents know they're not going to school and allow them not to go to school, that's the parents' fault. So it starts there. It starts as this little seed of, um, then then Johnny Know Nothing wants to hang around with people that probably aren't really good for him to hang around with. Now, you have a couple things that impact that. Usually the, the parents are either involved in a questionable lifestyle, do not enforce who Johnny should hang around with or who he shouldn't hang around with, or make some sort of attempt to make sure Johnny's at least acting in somewhat of a normal manner. Or <clears throat> it's a single parent household where Johnny threatens whatever parent there is because he's a little punk and, you know, um, the problem is then let's, let's go into school, if they do go to school. The parents don't want you disciplining little Johnny. Why not? Because a little Johnny that's a dumb little Johnny is just going to follow patterns. And the patterns are what his friends do, he does. Um, see, this whole thing with what goes on on the street, it starts way before a, a kid joins a gang, way before they pick up a gun and eventually end up killing somebody. This is a problem that is very deeply rooted. Now, can you stop all of it? No, obviously you can't. However, there needs to be roadblocks set in place, okay? Like in Connecticut, Connecticut is a very, uh, well, it's a democratic state, which, you know, is, and you know how I am with Democrats, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think they're worth spit. Um, they just, they're so interested in kissing everybody's ass because of uh, race, religion, um, political affiliation, uh, financial, they're so worried about get, soliciting votes and kissing everybody's ass is they don't look at the broad picture of things. Like in Connecticut, if you're a juvenile, you can almost do anything and get away with it. 
So what is that sending out? Besides us having these complexities with school, parenting, um, hanging around with the wrong people, now society, and I'm not even, even going to cut into society. Well, yeah, I am going to cut into society. They allow all this shit to happen. And, you know, uh, when I did listen to that interview with Art Bell and um, uh, Emmanuel McNeil, he made a good point. Now, here you're talking about a uh, black male in his early 40s says that minorities have to stop being angry minorities. The government has to stop allowing the minorities to stop being my angry minorities he says there needs to be checks and balances he says if you look and, and he's, he's really correct if you look at no matter what nationality what color you are uh, Asian white black Hispanic go on and on and on every one of those cultures at one point have been victims of some type of atrocity, slavery, genocide, war. But the correct way to solve these problems are not by coming out and saying, oh, it's my turn to be angry. Because what happens is you, you manifest this ideology of anger, anger and violence which seeps into a culture to further complicate it, now the legislation says, oh, well, it's all right. You could be an angry person if you want. You can do whatever the hell you want. We'll just tell law enforcement not to do anything about it. Really, even if you are at present... Okay, I apologize for that. I had to take a phone call. came in kind of unexpectedly. I forgot I had a cell phone in the... In the uh, the office here, but so see, you have to understand there's a lot of things going on nowadays in today's culture which perpetuate what's going on. And until we, as a community, the legislation, as a government, law enforcement, is an authoritative agency, until we start pulling the reins back, this is what we're going to have. It will continue to grow to a point where we are not going to be able to handle it. We can't handle it now. Look how many people are getting killed. Our government's so worried about everything else but us. Our politicians are so worried about everything else but us. You know, let the cops do their job. Let the parents do their job. Let the school do their job. You know, we if you notice today in the schools, you don't have psychologists, you don't have social workers, you don't have detention off, uh, not detention, but uh, uh, what the heck are those uh, those people that uh, check to see if kids are tardy or not? We we had those years ago. We don't have them anymore. And um, you know, we this is a, this is a bigger problem just than guns. And then we, what goes on, and, and I'm going to throw throw a rock at the media too, especially um, 
TikTok, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. You know, these companies say that they are protecting your security. No, they're not. Because as long as people are allowed to post things that have violence, you are just setting a precedence for violence. You understand? You see how, how much more complicated this is than, you know, you got all these anti-gunners out there, you know, just go, just go away. This, these problems are so much bigger. The roots are like a dandelion. That is how big and how deep this problem goes before it even gets to the point where a gun is involved. You understand? In this case, you know, the, the, uh, the police department did a really good job. You know, they, um, they were able to, within a few days, take five people into custody you know and the chief actually and, and I like that he did that uh, and I'm going to read a, 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 a header here in Bloomington if you come here and murder people at our malls you are going you're getting one of these for Christmas the newspaper quoted Hodge who's the chief is saying while holding up an orange prison jumpsuit that's the type of chief you need no nonsense. He's got a backbone. These other chiefs that just cower down to groups and special interests and this and that, those aren't chiefs. Those are puppets. Okay? So, there was actually, a, a, I think he was a captain in. Um, Tennessee, this guy, you know what, he had the right attitude. I mean, this guy could eat bear shit and slivers because he didn't take shit from anybody. But it was a safe community. Every community where law enforcement is strong, you have a safe community. I'm not saying strong in the, in the effect of, you know, going out there and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, beating people up. I'm saying that they enforce the law. Not just some laws, but all laws. Regardless of age, regardless of anything. This is what you need. You need chiefs like this who don't back down. You know why? Because they see what's out there. They, they all were from the best, I'll tell you what, one of the best chiefs we ever had was Wilbur Chapman. He was a chief from New York City and he started from the ground level up he knew what went out went on out in the streets he would come down to lineups and talk to people pull people aside ask questions these other chiefs we got they're puppets you know they sit up in their office they, they go to these, these these meetings talk talk crap about nothing and uh, <clears throat> you know it, that's not helping us, you know. Um, this legislation, this legislation in Connecticut. You know what? This is, I'm going to tell you, and this is this is what really ate my ass. 2012. 
the uh, state of Connecticut, along with most of the chiefs of police around here, decided, well, we don't need uh, jails for juveniles. Yeah, you do. They're thugs, some of these kids. Yeah, you do. Oh, you shouldn't call little Johnny a thug. No, your little Johnny's a thug, okay? Running around with a gun, stealing cars, that's not a thug? Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna be on a he's gonna he's gonna be on a damn um, poster child for a higher academic education, right? No, he's not. Uh, they they pulled back all of the uh, juvenile laws. These kids could do almost anything and not not get punished for it. Then we came up with this this thing, and I, I'm gonna say, and a lot of people don't like it, a juvenile review board. The dumbest thing I have ever ever heard of. So you're going to tell Johnny Thug, you're going to sit Johnny Thug down with six people who he could give two shits less about, and you're going to be stern with him. He doesn't care. You're a waste of time and you're a waste of money. Okay? Let the law enforcement do the law enforcement job. Let the social workers, psychologists, and the teachers do their job. And that's how it goes. Stop pretending you're going to solve a problem that you cannot solve without direct, immediate contact. This 19-year-old didn't need to die because of two, two almost adults, 18 almost adults, and three 17-year-old punks. They're all punks because what over territory over drugs over money over women there's that all over the frickin place you don't kill people over that shit you know so with that being said uh i will throw out another podcast in a little while i had a, uh, terry sutton sent me something in i don't know exactly what it is but I will take a look at it, and uh, that will be episode 351, and then we're going to um, <clears throat> talk a little bit about um, what what this uh, gentleman, Emmanuel uh, McNeil, had to say back in 1995, and I, I, found, I find it uh, totally, totally logical, well-researched, and um, very applicable today. And uh, maybe if we followed what he said, we wouldn't have so much problems. Until then, I am Michael C. Bouchard, host of the Night Stalker podcast. And uh, this is where we are in season four, and this is episode 350.